Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show, we'll have Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator, senior writer on three sports, joining us in a matter of minutes. My man DeMond is efforting him right now. We'll get to him in a hot minute, but we do want to get a couple quick calls in talking about what traits do you value in a quarterback? What qualities would you like to see from the next silver and black signal call? You can hit us up, 702-365-9200. Of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187. Keyword R&R, this text, we weren't all very happy when Gannon showed up, but look what he did. Won an MVP and the last quarterback to get us to the Super Bowl. Give Stidham a chance. He's a Gannon type of quarterback. Jason in Maryland said, man, Stidham has gassed this Raider fan base up on that 91 octane. That's full gold, in my opinion. He's Matt McGloin with actual upside. Hell no. Nah. Quarterback-wise, I think we're screwed. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? How y'all doing? You in the bar. Bless, bless. Real we're quick, good. Real quick. Real quick. I just, uh, my, my big thing is we need to get a young quarterback, and you know I've been on this. Uh, my quarterback needs to be poised. That's okay. all. That's that's I need a poised quarterback. That's what I need, and and uh, accurate, mostly accurate and poised. But anyway, <laughs> Q, if these if these people really for real with Stenham, ain't no way. I'm with I'm with I'm with Demar. As soon as Stenham lose that game, you know how Ray, I mean, you know how they were with cards. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> If I'm with Demont. As soon as we, as soon as Stenham lose that first game of the season, if he lose the first game of the season, oh my God, he's a bum. Q, we cannot go. Stenham is not. I'm with you. One game, no way. I would if he was that good. Why was he starting? Or why nobody traded for him? See, guys, don't understand. Look at the last ten. So you guys keep, you keep, you, you and everybody else keep telling me. But I hear the experts are saying that you gotta get a franchise quarterback or somebody that's even close because you cannot go into the season in this division with Stenham. Stenham is not the quarterback for us. We gotta find a quarterback. I I, I mean Aaron Rodgers is cool, but he, he's not the he's not the solution, um, the long term solution. And that's what we're looking for. Like Patrick Mahomes and and, and uh Russell and the rest of those guys gonna be there at least five years. So we got to do something. So Stenham, all these Raider people, talk, all these the Raider Nation guys that's talking about Stenham, Stenham, if he was that good, he would have been starting before this. Go look it up. In the last 10 Super Bowl quarterbacks, all of them, except for two, that's Nick Foles, because I know you're going to bring this up, Nick Foles and, and, and Matthew Stafford. The, the, other eight will, the other eight will go to the – will be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I'll let you go on that. And uh, thank you. And you guys are doing a great job. Uh, thanks for the call, my man. We definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it. And, and really, we came off the Super Bowl talking about, you know, uh, that, that badass quarterback. Remember we had that discussion, badass defense, badass quarterback. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes and what he did and knowing the, 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 what the AFC looks like, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a tough uh, road to climb, man. I mean, it really is. It's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal. They've got to be able to get somebody that compete with the likes of everybody in the AFC. Again, we got Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator senior writer, joining us in a hot minute. But let's go out to Denver. Let's entertain ourselves in Denver. Glenn, welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. You know, it, it comes down to, I mean, D.C. did a good job, but one of his biggest faults is he. we failed on the short plays. I mean, we wanted to get first downs. We're third and two, third and three. Dude didn't have the wheels to get it done. And when you look at Kansas City, you look at Philly, these guys are making it happen with their legs. Even Stidham out in San Fran, when he was make, keeping plays alive, getting stuff done, and D.C. had the he, – he could hit dimes, but it, it just – some of the passes he was making were ridiculous. He, he's just dumping it off on third and long, going for two yards, and we end up losing yards. We've got to have a guy that's got some good wheels that can make plays happen and keep plays alive. And a lot of these games, we could have won had we just had that happen. When you look at D.C. in the Pro Bowl, he was throwing sidearm. He was making stuff happen. Where was that stuff during the season? It was just killing me, man. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff, Glenn. I definitely appreciate the call from Denver. And, uh, yeah, that goes back to the point that we were talking about when we started the show with uh, Colts head coach Shane Steichen, excuse me, former UNLV Rebel, who is now a head coach of the the Colts. Accuracy, decision-making, and ability to create. That's what Glenn's talking about right there, ability to create. Well, I know one guy has the ability to create, but can he be a franchise quarterback in the NFL? Right now we bring on Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator senior writer on three sports. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And, of course, uh, here with the the, the Raiders in, in Las Vegas, man, uh, all eyes are on who's going to be the next quarterback. And Anthony Richardson's name has come up quite a bit. He's a guy that's very athletic. He's a guy that can make a bunch of plays. Can he be a franchise quarterback is going to be the question. So what can you tell us about the young man who led the Gators in 2022, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, he uh, he took Florida, Florida fans for a ride last year. I mean, if you look at the opening game, um, I think Florida fans thought, man, this is Cam Newton. Uh, you know, he runs for 168 yards and three touchdowns against Utah. Um, and then you see flashes of brilliance mixed with turnovers, and uh, he just never put uh, any consistency together. But I think Anthony is only going to continue to be talked about because um, he's a guy who's going to, I think, show up in Indianapolis at 6'4", 240, 250, and run in the 4'4 range. Um, he has an absolute uh, bazooka on his right shoulder. Um, he, he, he is a guy that uh, the late, great Al Davis would have, would have traded up to, to number one to, to get. He's, he's that kind of guy measurable-wise. But uh, he's, he's a young player, and I think Anthony is a guy that uh, would benefit from going to a team that, doesn't need to throw him in there week one next year. Um, uh, go go somewhere where they have a coaching staff that knows how to use him um, and, and can be patient with him because um, as good as he is, he's still uh, a young 21 and still developing as a passer. The Gators, they went through some growing pains. They struggled a little bit in Billy Napier's first season. How did Anthony take to the coaching of Napier last season? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, as a first-year starter, you, you'd think that uh, you wouldn't get much um, of a leash, but uh, Anthony really dove headfirst into a, a new playbook and um, by the season opener uh, had the option to call checks and, and change out of plays and, and, and audible at the line. So that was something that was surprising to us, um, especially with a first-year head coach. Um, but, yeah, Anthony's a guy who... 
football means a lot to him. He's going to, wherever he goes, he's going to get into that playbook and you're not going to have to worry about um, him not knowing what to do. Um, the issue with him was, um, you know, maybe trying to, maybe trusting himself too much. Uh, and when you have those measurables, that arm and, and that running ability, uh, it, it's easy to, you know, try to fit a ball into uh, a window that, you know, uh, maybe there, maybe there wasn't a window there. So, um, He's a guy who's going to know what to do, and I think it's just that on-time decision-making um, that got him in trouble last year a little bit. Talking all things, Anthony Richardson right now with Nick De La Torre here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to say roughness, my man DeMond's got one for you. I want to talk about that decision-making a little bit more because in mm-hmm. the game against Florida State, he only had nine completions, but three of them were for touchdowns. So he can drop those bombs, but when it comes to the accuracy, he only completed 33% of his passes. Do you think yeah. that he looks for the big play a little too much? Um, I, I don't know that he looks for the big play too much. Um, he... Yeah, I liken it to like a baseball player. Um, he has a great fastball, um, but doesn't really have some off speed. And what I mean by that is those uh, intermediate passes that, you know, an out or an in, um, you know, uh, in uh, like a, a little drag play, he, he throws that five-yard pass 112 miles an hour um, when he needs to, you know, take a little bit off of it. So I think there's just some... Uh, you know, as a first-year starter, I think there were just some times where you, you need to figure out what pass to throw because you don't need to throw as hard as you can every single time. And I saw some clips. I've been watching a little tape on him, but it seems that he's got good pocket, pre- pocket presence. What do you think about mm-hmm. that feel when the pocket collapses? Does he take off and run too soon? No. <laughs> Forty fans would tell you the exact opposite. They wish that he ran more. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because... As big as he is, and his manager I spoke with him last week, um, I expected Anthony, who played, at six, uh, who played at 240 pounds, to show up in Indianapolis at like 220. Um, you know, everyone wants to slim down to get that best 40 time, and, and he said the exact opposite. That Anthony had uh, beefed up to around 250 and ran a 4-4 laser um, in Jackson, Florida, where he's been training. Um, as big as he is, though, he had a lot of injury issues. Um, He's a uh, knee surgery ended his redshirt fresh area, redshirt freshman year. Um, this year, second week against Kentucky, very first play, he gets rolled up on and kind of plays through uh, an ankle injury all throughout the year. Uh, the one thing is, especially in college, if you're 6'4", 240, no one's tackling you high. <laughs> right. So every time somebody was going to tackle him, they're going in his knees and his ankles. And, and I think he, at times, was feeling that ankle injury from, from the Kentucky game and almost taking away his best asset, which is uh, his dual threat ability, um, and, and trying to force the issue of being a passer, uh, especially in that Kentucky game going up against Will Levis. Uh, you had, I think, 26 NFL teams represented in Gainesville for that game. I think he almost forced the issue in his own mind in saying, I will beat Will Levis and show these guys that I'm better at Will Levis's game than he is. Uh, and I remember telling him, that's cool, but Will Levis will never be 6'4", 240 uh, and run 22 miles an hour. You just took away Anthony Richardson to try to be Will Levis. So um, he, he's a really mature guy, um, but as you get to know him and talk to him, he kind of makes mistakes and is very self-introspective. Uh, but then you realize he's still 20 at the time or 21 now, and he'll make that same mistake again. I think it's something he'll get better with, but... Uh, yeah, in, in at least in 2022, 
Florida fans were screaming at their televisions for him to run more. Nick, I only got a couple more questions for you. I did want to ask about that game and what you saw from Will Levis and how you thought he performed and just kind of overall what you think of that young man. I, I like Will Levis. Um, I, now, I think that, you know, uh, the devil works hard. Chris Jenner works harder, but nobody works harder than the Will Levis's uh, marketing guys. Um, you know, between the mayonnaise and the coffee and the eating banana peels, um, I think Will Levis is a, is a good um, quarterback. I never thought that he was QB one, um, and I never thought that you know uh, where some people have him going. You know, top three in the draft. Right, um, right. An impressive guy, and, and I gained a lot of respect for him um, as he continued to play through injuries all year. Talking right now with Nick Delatore. We're talking all things Anthony Richardson here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Now, uh, we know that Anthony has the intangibles. We know he has the athletic ability. To, but to be successful on the NFL level, you also have to be a leader of men. What is Anthony's leadership like? Yeah, that's something that he really kind of uh, came into his own with this year. Um, he's a guy who, as a, a freshman and retro freshman, was quiet. Um, didn't want to step on toes. He was the back of quarterback. It wasn't really his place. Um, and, and as Emory Jones, uh, prior to the 2022 season, as he transferred out, Anthony realized, okay, this is my team now. So um, he, he wasn't really a big rah-rah kind of guy, more of a lead-by-example, but you, start, you started to see him um, become more of that vocal leader. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, because you, you get into an NFL locker room, these aren't, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids. You've right. got grown men with mortgages and families. So uh, <laughs> can, can you lead them? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see for me. What's the one game that you had to pick the best performance of Anthony Richardson that people can go back and look at? Uh, I mean, Running the ball, his best game is definitely that Utah game, that first, that first one. There's a, um, a two-point conversion uh, late, I think, in the late in the third or fourth quarter where um, an actual, actually a former Gator, Mahmoud Diabate, comes off the edge untouched, and Anthony jumps in the air, pump fakes, 360, runs out and finds a guy in the back of the end zone um, for, for a touchdown. Um, his running ability, he had, a, I think, a, a 70 or an 80-yard touchdown run that game as well. Um, Passing-wise, I think, um, let me see what game would I be really impressed with. He had a really good game, obviously, against Eastern Washington. I think he threw for almost 500 yards against them. Um, and, and then another really good passing game, um, I think, against Florida State. Um didn't, I don't think he completed a great number of passes, or a great percentage of passes, but threw three touchdowns um, against Florida State. And he also had a really good passing game of 400 yards against Vanderbilt, but we four and a loss, too. There it is right there. Well, a nice little uh, insight right there on uh, Anthony Richardson. He's going to go be a guy that's going to be drafted very high in April's draft, and uh, who knows who's going to select him, but we're definitely doing our due diligence here in Vegas as, well, the Raiders need a quarterback. So, uh, Nick, fantastic stuff. What do you got coming out on On3 Sports or Gators Online that we should be on the lookout for? Man, we're a couple of days away from baseball. Florida, Florida's the uh, uh-huh. number five team in the country. Nice. Um, and then – Spring football starts March 4th, so there's uh, it, it's Steve Spurrier used to call this time talking season, but uh, the football team will be on the field soon, and baseball gets started this week. There you go. Sounds good, man. Keep the party rolling, right? Being busy is a good thing. Nick, we definitely appreciate you this afternoon, my man. We'll be talking soon. Appreciate you guys.
There he goes, Nick Delatore, Florida Gator, senior writer on three sports with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness, talking all things Anthony Richardson. What'd you think? What'd you think, Raider Nation? You heard a guy that covered him, talked to him, seen him up per- close to personal, even going up against Will Levitz. Let us know your thoughts. 702-365-9200 plus our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R. We're wide open like some old school TV antennas the rest of the show. We do have some sound bites also on Anthony Richardson, also on Will Levis that you'll hear as well as we close things out strong on this Wednesday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just heard from Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator, senior writer on three sports, talking all things Anthony Richardson. And he's one of those big unknowns. I got a homeboy named the most known unknown, right? Anthony Richardson's like the, the, the most known unknown, right? He's a guy that everyone believes he's got all the ability in the world. You just don't know if he's going to be able to have the ability to be a franchise quarterback moving forward. So Nick gave us a little bit of background. And look, there's going to be a lot of this leading up to the draft. All the draft gurus are going to speak on these guys and break it on down. And at some point, Daniel Jeremiah will be part of the show. And at some point, Mel Kuyper Jr. will be part of the show. I mean, we'll have all kinds of the combine. I'm expecting to be at the combine this year and uh, hopefully be able to get the players like Anthony Richardson to be a part of the show. But we just heard a good breakdown on Richardson. And so Geesmoed hit us up and said, I'm not trying to throw any dirt on the man's name, but when he mentioned Richardson would have definitely been an Al Davis first-round project pick, that did it for me. We have plenty of examples of those types of players, and we all know how every single one of them turned out. That's a hard no pass for me. And then this one, the more I hear about Richardson, the more I'm sold on him. Look at that. See how different two texts are? Based off the same interview. That's the thing about Richardson. There's so it's either you're it's one way extreme or it's the other extreme. This one says the more I hear about Richardson, the more I'm sold on him. And I've been adamant about the Raiders making a mistake moving on from Carr. My only concern is the Patriot way not working outside New England and players not playing to their full potential. So I mentioned Mel Kiper, Mel Kiper Jr. Of course, he's going to be all over ESPN. He's going to be all over the draft leading up until it's over. And then right after that as well, does a fantastic job. He was talking about Anthony Richardson and just, again, how there's so many question marks about him, but he has a ton of ability. I think back to that September 3rd Utah game. Utah is what a field goal favorite. It's at the swamp. You know, Utes come in. There's Anthony Richardson. Didn't do a lot, but flashed. You saw some brilliance with him. You know, the previous year, Embry Jones was there. He moved on. Now it's Anthony Richardson's team. He goes out there and single-handedly, he led the Gators to that upset over the Utes. I mean, he was incredible. He had over 100 yards rushing. I believe he had three rushing touchdowns in that game. Completed, I believe, like 71%, 74% of his passes against that Utah defense. Everything he did turned to gold. I mean, it was amazing. That was like Anthony Richardson first game out of the blocks. When you don't have preseason games in college football, Anthony Richardson was on fire from the start to the finish against Utah. A really good, well-coached football team, right? So you figure, boy, I think he's got a chance to be the number one pick overall. Heck with all this talk about, you know, second round, maybe late first. He could be in the discussion to be the number one pick. Next week, I think they were playing Kentucky. And you think, okay, he's going to build on that. You know, he may won't be as good, but you'll see him keep, you know, showing that kind. I think it was at 40%, you know, interception. He didn't do anything with his legs. They were able to defend him, Kentucky was, and, and really frustrate him. 
he, he went from being this A-plus quarterback to this quarterback saying, boy, now we see there's going to be, this is going to be polarizing. This is going to be frustrating. This is going to be difficult, the evaluation process with Anthony Richardson, because you see the talent. You see the ability to run and, and destroy defenses with his legs. You see the big-time arm strength, but you see layups that he's missing. He, he's go to the left. He's bouncing throws, bubble screens, not on the target. You know, coaching is going to be critical for him, Todd. I understand you'd like to see him back for another year. He's coming out. I think the hope is go to a team that can let him sit for a little bit. He is not going to be ready. We see Malik Willis in Tennessee. Not ready. We knew that. Malik Willis wasn't going to be ready. Kenny Pickett was going to be more ready. Uh, This is a quarterback needs time. A year, two years, maybe not Jordan Love time, the way it's worked out in Green Bay. Maybe this will be finally the year for Jordan Love. But it's going to take some time for him. The talent's in abundance, but he needs work on being accurate throwing the football and seeing the field, making good decisions. All that is something Anthony Richardson really needs. Would have been loved to see him another year in Florida, but that's not going to happen. That's a lot right there. It's a lot to unpack. One of the biggest things we talked about to start the show back many moons ago, like 2 o'clock, accuracy. Decision-making, ability to create. It sounds like he has one of those three traits. The ability to create. Decision-making, suspect. Accuracy, suspect. Right now, he's not available, or it wouldn't be smart to start him right away. And when he talks about Malik Willis, you know, as a Titan fan, you know how far he is away right now from being ready to hit the field consistently. Yeah, I'm just like the texter where we can hear the same thing, but the Malik Willis part, that that scares me a little bit Where because that was a guy that was just not ready. I know he had Derrick Henry to rely on, mm-hmm. but when you have to start a game, the starter gets injured, and it's like, hey, man, you're only going to throw the ball like five times. That's not a good sign no matter how ready you think the quarterback is where, hey, we don't trust you at all. We're just going to rely on the running game. So if he's that far away, it makes me wonder why do so many teams want to take that big reach and draft him in the first round? Because I thought, I'll say for myself, I thought Malik Willis was going to be a first round pick. And then and we he saw, wasn't. Yeah, and we <laughs> saw him fall and we saw him fall. Yep. So I'm not saying that I hope he doesn't know I want that young man to get paid, but maybe teams will like become less enamored with him if it says, hey, is he this much of a project? Can you pick up that project in the second round rather than the first? Because to me, I'm surprised that he shot up to inside top 10 in everybody's mock draft. It's all because of the potential, that big P word. The big P word that nobody really likes to talk about because we all know potential is not done that. It is not done yet, right? It's not there. Oh, yeah, you see, you, see the, you see the talent there, but it's not where it needs to be. That potential word is always scary. And the other thing that always kind of concerns me when it comes to draft prospects is when you, when you hear them say, well, he sure could use another year in college, but you're not going to see that. That was something that you heard at the end right there from Mel Kuyper Jr. as well. It would be nice to see him come back for another year, but that's not going to happen. And look, I don't ever want to begrudge anyone from leaving college early to try to go get paid, as you mentioned. But when you see that, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny you have, you know, exactly extreme one way left, extreme one way right, where it's like, man, that guy don't need to stay in college three years. And then you hear, hey, that guy needs to stay in college an extra year, right? And that feels like Anthony Richardson is, is the guy like, Probably needs to stay one more year, but he, he chose not to. So he's going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted really high. Question is, will it pan out to be a franchise quarterback or will he just pan out to be a really talented dude that never really taps into the potential that a lot of people see in him? Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Jay in L.A. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey Q. Thanks for having me. And listen, you know, I've just been 
listening about Anthony Richardson, and I know that he's a fantastic athlete. He's able to go ahead and kind of like do all these attributes that they're talking about. But he reminds me more of Jamarcus Russell. And I don't want to go ahead and kind of like be sold on the big arm, on, you know, look what he can do, okay? And remember, he just he had one good game, then the next game he, he went ahead and just flopped. It's inconsistency, and that scares me. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if he's going to be on the field and all of a sudden – these things kind of emerge, guess what? All of a sudden, we have a bust, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. And where do we go from there? Well, we're, we're starting all over again. Instead of actually kind of like look at what we actually say, I, like I told you, I like Steady. He hasn't really kind of like got the body of work yet. He's already, he's, I've seen him in preseason. I've seen him in two games. I like what he does. He obviously, like a lot of other colors, they said, he really has to go ahead and be mindful about what he does because if he gets hurt, that hurts the team. So he's got to be available, and he's got to go ahead and take care of himself. And I like to see a full season, a steady, and then at the same time this draft, we're able to go ahead and kind of like put some like oompa loompas, you know, on the defensive side. I mean, when you used to, when you used to talk about the Raiders, the Raiders used to be like the 1983. Those guys were like, I mean – they instill fear on their opponents before they even hit the field. When they talk about the Raiders now, we're laugh. They laugh at us. I mean, really, yeah. because they know that we don't have a defense. Okay, right. mm-hmm. and we need to look at what the Niners did. The Niners went ahead and they put a defense. Oh, all of a sudden, what number one quarterback goes down? Oh, what happens? Okay, number two goes down. Okay, then they go ahead and they get they get this kid, Mister uh, Irrelevant. They put him in there, and he looks fantastic. But guess what? They had a defense that could carry them. If he didn't get hurt on that NFC uh, championship game, you know as well as I do, I think the Niners would have gone ahead and gone to the Super Bowl. Okay? All right. I guarantee you, I guarantee you if he did not get hurt, they would have gone ahead and they would have been the representatives for the NFC. But, you know, as history goes, he got hurt. That's what happens. Okay? That's why we have to go and play the game. But – they have a defense. Are the Niners, tell me, uh, let me tell you something. Do you think that the Niners are going to go in and make the playoffs next year? Yes or no? Um, honestly, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what their quarterback position looks like. Well, true, but they have a defense. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They got something plug and play. They can, put, they can put whatever. Shanahan can put any quarterback back there, okay? He can put the water boy, okay, and still make him look good. So that's what I'm saying, that we need a defense, and then we got to go ahead and look at what we actually have on our bench. If that doesn't work, then we can go ahead and kind of like look for next year, but still we have good draft picks, good fill-ins, especially on the defensive side and the offense, what we need to go ahead and kind of like, you know, put. And from there we can go ahead and kind of like really get a quarterback. But, you know, if we keep keep on reaching for the stars, we're not going to get there. All right, good stuff. I appreciate you. And a couple things there. I don't, I, I don't sign up to the I guarantee the Niners would have beat the Eagles because the Eagles are a damn good team. There's a reason why they were in the Super Bowl. I understand the injury to Purdy. And the other thing I'll say is that I'm not signing up for Shanahan could put anyone back there and make them good. Brock Purdy was really good at Iowa State. He was really good. I actually had talked about him leading up to the draft. Like, I wouldn't mind the Raiders drafting him to be a project guy because he, had, he, he, was, he was coached up by Matt Campbell who a lot of NFL teams have tried to hire. He had a really good run game with Brees Hall, who you saw what he did when the Jets uh, drafted him, right? The Jets drafted Brees Hall, and he was fantastic. They have a good defense in in, uh, Iowa State. They had a good defense at Iowa State. So I don't think anybody – I just think that Brock Purdy, excuse me, was 
a later round pick that ended up being good that a lot of people slept on. I don't think that he could put just anybody back there and all of a sudden be successful. Because I'll tell you what, Trey Lance wasn't wasn't too too hot as far as I was concerned until he got injured. Jimmy G was just I. Right. There's a Josh reason why Johnson was struggling for his life yeah, when he got in the game. Exactly, so. what I'm saying there was there's a reason why they were trying to move on from Jimmy G. He was just I. Right. right, he wasn't that special. That's another reason why I don't. I'm not big on the Raiders going and getting Jimmy G because there's a reason why the 49ers are trying to move on from him desperately. Right, so. I understand what you're saying in theory, and the defense, again, I'm a big defensive guy. Like, I love defense. Don't get me wrong. And you're right. Those old teams, especially the defensive line, and I always reference this, like Chester McLaughlin and, and Daryl Russell, when those two guys were next to each other on that line of scrimmage, that was awesome. The Raiders haven't had that. Right now, the Raiders have Max Crosby. <laughs> right? That's who they have. And I could appreciate the hell out of Max, as he brings it every single snap, no matter what he's bringing it. Chandler Jones... Didn't really live up to the hype. Didn't live up to the hype. It's not even didn't really. It didn't live up to the hype going into the season. They need pressure from the interior. They need some nasty, like you mentioned, on that defense. But I, I, I'm not just going to sign up and say, I guarantee the 49ers would have done this or I guarantee the 49ers would have done that. I'm not, I'm not signing up for that party. How about Central Valley Raider? You're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, Q? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. So uh, I, I do agree with the young man who just called right now. I, I, uh, I really believe... You know, we need to, and, and a couple of your other callers, I, I agree with, I should say, um, a lot of good stuff today. I do think we should trade back. Okay. Um, we're talking about getting Richardson, talented, but I just don't think he's ready. Um, he's, I could see this already. I hate to say it. He's, the game is going to be moving so fast for him. Mm-hmm. He's just going to start running for his life. Um, he's not going to know where, which way to go, where to throw this ball. He just, he's not experienced yet. Um, not, but again, I mean, if you can get him in the third round, fourth round, hey, take a shot on him. But um, me personally, just like the other people that you were speaking to, I think we should go back um, 10, 11, and pick up some picks and really load up on this defense. Okay. Um, I, like, I, like Garrett, I like Jarrett, how he played. Uh, again, we've only got a small sampling of him. And we put him, they put him in against San Francisco at the time, one of the best defenses you, that you can face. Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then they played him against the eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City. People are knocking Jarrett because they only seen him in those two games. And he played a damn good game for, for the a limited time that he had. Um, give the man a right tackle. Give him a, a reliable right guard. Get him used to the scheme. Let the, the playbook open up more for him. Um, offensively, the weapons, he got it. You've seen what he did, the passes he was throwing to, to all, the, all the wide receivers. Um, he looked good, but again, it's that defense. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to pound the table, not because I'm a Fresno State fan or Derek Carr or whatnot, but Q, I really want you, when you get a chance, you start looking and, and basing your own observations Look at that quarterback um, that I'm talking about, Jake Hayner, okay. Fresno State. 20 TDs, three interceptions. Mel Kuyper, uh, uh, Mache, they love him. He was, uh, he was the most valuable player at the Senior Bowl. That guy, I could see, and he fits the mold of Jarrett. They're the same size, 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. I mean, that kid is smart. He's a gunslinger, and the one thing about Jarrett and this guy, uh, Jake, they have something that Carr uh, didn't have, and they will move. They have mobility. They have accuracy that Carr has. 
but they have that mobility. They they have that. Uh, what do they call that when when a quarterback can feel the pressure coming? Um, Is that pocket I, I don't presence? Think, exactly. I don't think Carr had that. He started pulling the the Peyton Manning thing, and, and you've seen that in some of the games mm-hmm. when the, when the bucket was collapsing, he would just crumble. He would just fall to the floor. There was no, and I think that's what killed us as fans. If he wasn't checking it down or throwing the ball away on third and two, he was just crumbling to the floor, and that's just unacceptable. He didn't even fight anymore. He, I think he was more thinking about, I got to stay in the game for the next game rather than try to win this game. Um, so that's just my opinion, but defense, we need to get that defense and load it up, do a couple DBs, D-tackle, middle linebacker, um, another free safety. Um, yeah, we need, to, we need to start doing something with that defense, and uh, I think we'll be on the right track. Get a right tackle somewhere in there, and I think people, Jarrett, will surprise some people, Q. Uh, that's just my honest opinion. Um, do we get a quarterback? I said Jake Hayner. I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is. Late third rounds, people are talking about Hooker. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll hey, we'll do our research. I like the call, man. Central Valley Raider right there. Represent. I'm not mad, man. That's good stuff, right? And, you know, just call in and, and, and give your thoughts, and that's exactly what Central Valley Raider did right there. And uh, we'll do some deep diving into Jake Hayner, and you're not the only one who suggested him, so we'll definitely do some deep diving into him. We'll take a quick break. It's 438. What we'll do, take a quick break, come back, we'll close up shop. We got Todd McShay on Anthony Richardson. We got Todd McShay on Will Levis. We'll hear from them. Plus, we got a couple more people holding online. Uh, hold on. We're going to get to you. Trust me, we'll call, close out the show really strong. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here to close out the show really strong. Got a few minutes. 702-365-9200. Also our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187 keyword r So many texts, so many calls. We definitely appreciate that. Jim from Yonkers just said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, a young wide receiver to learn under Adams and make some player during the season, make, make some plays during the season would be good too. Adams is not getting younger. It'd be nice if we killed it in the draft We had some, and we had the same coach for a while. What if Khalil Mack was let go? Thanks, Q and D. Yeah, that's going to be some decisions that have to be made in, uh, in, in the offseason when it comes to building out the roster. But, you know, the funny thing is we always are, are, are focused on the quarterback position because that's the most important position, and that's the, the big hole that the Raiders have right now. But there's still plenty of areas of, of need – and areas that you'd like to see them continue to upgrade. they got to continue to build that up. So thank you so much for that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy Robert in San Jose. Welcome to the show, my man. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Q. I want to mention Jake Hayner to you yesterday. I really liked that guy. I was, uh, kind of fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl practices myself. And that guy, just, he looks like he has that hit factor. Uh, in terms of Anthony Richardson's a hard pass, uh, no projects uh, this year. We need guys to come in and start. Uh, when you talk to your experts, can you compare outside of Caleb Williams this year's draft class at quarterback to the next year's draft class and perhaps the year after that? But at least, is, are we any better drafting the quarterback this year in the early rounds as opposed to next season? What is the difference between the two? Uh, classes that are going to be coming out. Do you have any idea? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you for the call, my man. And, and the one thing I'll say is that uh, the difference is right now the Raiders have a top 10 pick, right? I mean, that's that's really the, the, the big hang-up right there because I believe next year's draft class with the quarterbacks led by Caleb Williams is going to be better, much better than this one. But the Raiders 
shouldn't be picking in the top 10, right? I'm not going to say they won't be picking in the top 10, but they shouldn't be picking in the top 10 next year. So that's kind of the the justification is kind of you look at it and say, all right, well, you know, can you get a guy that you believe in that you, you know, really think could lead your franchise for some years to come right now while you're picking in that, in that spot? Or if you're going to get a guy later on, can you develop him into that guy? So you don't necessarily, like we had plenty of calls yesterday, do not get a quarterback at seven. Do not get a quarterback at seven. None of them are worth it. So at some point, you got to figure out when you're going to get that quarterback. Where is that quarterback going to come from? Todd McShay, he was on earlier today with uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, and and he actually has his mock draft 2.0, which I don't I don't sign up for all the mock draft stuff right now. Again, it's early uh, February, so we don't really that none of that matters. Free agency hasn't hit, the combine hasn't hit, none of that stuff has hit yet. So he has that 2.0 out already. And uh, Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas were asking him about Anthony Richardson. I mean, it's all on potential, right? It really is. And Anthony Richardson is the most talented, just physically, the most talented quarterback in this draft. Six four, 220 plus pounds, rifle for an arm unbelievable mobility, but he is not there yet. So you, you have to know that your head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, they're all in lockstep and they, they believe that they can develop him. And if you don't believe that, then you don't make that decision. And I struggled with it. I'll be honest. I, I mean, Anthony Richardson could go late in the first round. He could go in the second round, but from a talent standpoint, and we're seeing so many more mobile quarterbacks in the league and guys who I mean, Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready when he came in the league, but he had Alex Smith and he had Andy Reed and he had a year to develop. And so if you can put him in the right spot, I, I'm not saying that I, I keep using Patrick Mahomes, but I'm just saying he has the physical tools to be special at the next level. And that's why I think he's going to wind up getting drafted a lot higher than people would think based off of his stats and, and what Florida did this past year. So just for S's and giggles, he has them at number nine overall. He had him going to the Carolina Panthers at number nine. But see, uh, the, the, the recurring theme is if you have a head coach, a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator that are in lockstep that feel like they, they could develop this guy, then, you know, then, then cool. But if you don't have that guy, you can't make the decision to grab him. That's what my biggest concern is when it comes to Anthony Richardson. How about Will Levis? He's a guy that a lot of folks are talking about. What did Tom McShay have to say about him? Oh, by the way, he actually had the Raiders drafted him at number seven overall. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, the two most polarizing players in this draft. There's no question about it. Will Levis, outside of Anthony Richardson, has the strongest arm. He's mobile. And if you talk to anyone in the state of Kentucky, I mean, on campus, doesn't matter where, he, his toughness, his character, his leadership, it's everything that you look for. I struggle with Will Levis because I think inside the pocket, when things aren't going well, his eyes drop and he doesn't quite see everything and doesn't have that, that sixth sense, if you will, like Bryce Young has. And, and Bryce Young makes it look so natural and smooth. That's where it, it's an issue. And, I, and talking to everyone in the league, I, I, in a five-day span, I talked to two general managers in October. One said, I'm worried that he's going to be Carson Wentz because he plays quarterback like a linebacker. Is he going to stay healthy? Does he see the whole field? And the other GM said five days later, I think this guy could be Josh Allen. So it's, he's a tough one. He really is because I, the physical tools are there and all the intangibles are there. 
but is he is he going to like, be able to pull it all together? That's the big question I have. So not saying that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to end up being Hall of Famers or they're going to be some great franchise quarterbacks, but from everything that we continue to hear about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, I'm sorry, it's a hard pass for me. Just straight up, it's a hard pass. Not That doesn't mean that the Raiders won't go and draft one of those guys because they know a hell of a lot more than I do, right? I've had some bad misses. I've had a couple wins, but I've had a, some bad misses. <laughs> Right? I mean, I don't remember who called earlier, and they're like, man, at least uh, Dave Ziegler didn't go after J.C. Jackson like all of Raider Nation was saying to do, and all I can say was, my bad. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's, that was my belief. When it comes to Will and when it comes to Anthony, I think that that's a pass. Unless you're getting them much later, like if you trade back and you're getting them much later, that's one thing. If you're getting them in the top ten, I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I wanted to ask you this question because I saw it proposed on Twitter. Do you think it would be better for the Raiders? Now, I know that this is not the ideal scenario, what I'm going to ask you. Would you rather swing and miss on the, hey, this guy has the ceiling to be a great quarterback, or you draft a guy in the first round and he's just, eh, but you know you're not going to win a Super Bowl with this guy? Because if you if you miss big, it's like at least you tried and you can restart sooner. Or if you get some guy that's just so-so, you might be in another Derek Carr carousel where you keep believing in him longer than you should. I don't remember who called in and said it, but they kept they said that Derek Carr was good enough. Oh, it was Tim in Texas. He mm-hmm. called in and he said he was good enough to keep the Raiders out of the area where they can draft a, a, a big-time quarterback, right? It was like It's almost like being in the middle of the, of, of the NBA lottery or mm-hmm. the NBA draft, right? I mean, if you're not in the lottery— what are you doing? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, because you're not most likely not going to get big time difference makers. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. At the bottom line, whatever you're doing to build your team, it's the goal is to win a Super Bowl. So, if you're going to go draft a quarterback that you think is just meh, then what are you doing? Yeah, because in this division, you're going to need that guy that you think can be a superstar. And how does that change your mind, right? Because you know your division. How does that change your mind on the, what you do, the decisions that you make? And oh, by the way. This, this staff has six wins under the belt. They've got to win. So they don't just have time to, you know, build Noah's Ark and wait for the flood to come <laughs> so they can go two by two. and ha- You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They don't have that time. They got to have the boat already ready. They don't have time to build it. Yeah, so, so, so my opinion, I think Richardson is that guy that you got that you, you don't have to take him, but he's the guy, he's the big-time swing. And if you miss, you just miss. But you can't draft a quarterback and say, hey, this guy might be the guy, a so-so quarterback. Because in this division, if, you were in the, if the Raiders were in the NFC South, the AFC South, maybe right. it could be, hey, you get a guy and build a, a solid defense around him, they could still make the playoffs. But not in this division. You're going to need a quarterback who can deliver when it comes to those big games. No doubt. No doubt. It's good back out to the phone line 702-365-9200 go to a very patient passionate Raider welcome to the show what's on your mind dude what's up guys hey man cute you know I like sit back you know and, and just get to listen to everyone and us Raider fans love our team so much that we just continue to be Raider fans and you know and if you really think about this is what I'm trying to say is we always want to jump on what everyone's telling us out here. This guy, this guy, this guy. Then we all just, everyone wants to jump over here. We want to jump over here. We want to jump over here. And, you know, and, and, and if you sit back, and, and if we sit back and stop jumping and just praying that our upper, our upper management puts the right people in place to pick the right players, that's always been our problem. We never have the right people in place to pick the players. Josh and, 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 and Dave got a lot of money right now we say okay the car contract this this and this i still think it was dumb 
You let the man get a no trade clause. But it's so, over. Uh, that's over. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's that's over though. We don't have to worry about what you think is dumb anymore. That's over and done with. So so let's move forward. Yes, I am. That's what I'm getting to. So now we've got an opportunity now to make this team again. We've already got the offense in place with a lot of money, Q. We need. I'm all on the kid from Fresno State too, like a couple of other people are. He has that hit factor. I don't want to go draft a quarterback who's. Uh, we're taking a swing right now at a seven when when we don't need it. We can find someone who can play the position with the defense. Get that defense so we can have someone to just play confident ball. Like when you watch Purdy, he made plays on third down. That makes your defense want to come out and play harder when they come out. That's what we lack, you. So I just hope that we get the right defensive players on this team. We got the right coaches and staff to not make the same Raider mistakes. Because there's a lot of money to spend right now. There's a lot of moves to make. If you keep Stidham, I'm all for keeping Stidham, too. Let him and the kids in Fresno State battle it out. If it goes south, it goes south. Sell the farm for Caleb Williams next year. But what we can't do is just with the same mentality of thinking every year we need to jump on this and this and this. Because these teams that are winning right now, they weren't, they weren't irrational and just jumping. They were making smart decisions. They weren't drafting quarterbacks that are injuring in college. None of that stuff. Patrick Mahomes, all these guys sat for a year. You know, the good ones, you know when you have them. We just can't keep making Raider mistakes, man. That's all I ask from this upper management because us Raider Nation loves this team. And I'm going to say it for the nation. <laughs> Let's go, Raiders! There you go. There he goes. Passionate Raider. And look, I, I get it. I get it. And Mark Davis is trusting that the staff that's in place right now in the front office is the right staff to make those decisions. And we won't know until we see the decisions that they make. I think that Dave Ziegler and company did a great job getting Devontae Adams. I think they did a good job getting players later in the draft when they didn't have much draft capital. Dylan Parham played almost all season long. Thayer Mumford played quite a bit. I know the running backs didn't play, and I know the defensive tackles didn't play that much. I get that. But I think that they got some, they got some guys. They got some dudes. They brought in some decent free agents. Chandler Jones was the one that didn't work out. But they brought in some, some decent free agents. They made Josh Jacobs earn his uh, earn his, whatever payday he's going to get. And it turned into a 1,600-yard season. So we'll see what happens. But until we know, until we actually see what this staff does with a full offseason and their strategy, we don't know. So that's just that. So we'll wait. But we'll do some deep diving on Jake Hayner. That's going to be the goal because a lot of folks are on the Fresno State quarterback. We'll talk about it. We'll find out. We'll bring, you know, bring them up on the show tomorrow. We'll do it. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. As you always do, 2 to 5 p.m. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920.